Presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here are your hosts, Abisay Bayisa and Rachel Pierce. So this call, Abisay, that I wanted to chat with you about is a situation where a defendant is convicted of two counts of production of child pornography. Okay. And so the same victim is listed in both of the counts, but but the facts of the case are that the production occurred on separate occasions. Okay. So the probation officer is actually considering grouping these two counts under 3D1.2B, which is that rule that allows for grouping counts that involve the same victim and two or more acts or transactions constituting a common criminal objective. Uh, so what say you? Who? <laughs> grouping, again. I feel like we can never escape this topic. We can never escape. We can never get enough of grouping. Well, whenever I have a grouping problem, as you know, I always go to the decision tree. Um, and I know I as have do I. <laughs> given it away and I point people to that. I feel like it should be on the front page of our website <laughs> at all times because it's that helpful. It's not a bad idea. Um, so grouping, you know, if you look at the decision tree, you'll see that we sort of work backwards instead of going through like 3D 1.2A mm-hmm. and then B and then C and then D. Right. Our grouping tree right. uh, starts from D and works its way backwards. And I think that's a, it's an easier way to conceptualize. Mm-hmm. But this question is a common question, right? Because people Absolutely. say, oh, same victim. One more. I don't need to go any further. Right, right. Um, but they're missing a whole other part of grouping. So a key part, a huge by the part, way. Mm-hmm. because we know, for example, that you could not group these under Rule D, right? Because even though these are the same guideline, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're explicitly excluded from grouping under Rule D. It's right. in the excluded list. Now we know that just because something is in the excluded list in Rule D, it doesn't mean that those counts can't group ever, right? It just means they can't group under that rule, right. Rule D. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know you have to apply the guidelines for each, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. This isn't like drugs where you just apply it one time in the aggregate, right? Because that would be grouping under Rule right. D. Right. You can't do that here. Right. Um, and I think intrinsically people know that, right? I think people sort of get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you do the group counts for each, you have to do the guidelines for each mm-hmm. count. Right, and maybe they'll be the same, maybe they won't. Who knows, the facts may be different for each right. instance of production. Exactly. But the problem is, you get to the, do they involve the same victim? And people want to say yes, but there's actually a second step, right? Because not only do they have to involve the same victim, they have to involve the same risk or the same instance of um, fear. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's not the case with child porn production, right? Mm-hmm. Each instance of production is a separate risk of fear and a separate harm, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So this isn't one where you can where you can group under that, right? And in fact, you know, if you look at the application notes, we specifically say we give a different example, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. is robbery, right? And we say, well, robbery of the same bank or the same person, right, is not groupable Mm -hmm. under this rule, even though it may be the same victim, because each instance of robbery is a separate risk of harm and a separate instance of fear. Exactly. And I think similarly here, you've got the type of offense where each instance is a different harm, right? Each time child porn production occurs 
that is its own instance of harm. Mm -hmm. So these are the types of offenses that I don't think could group at all. You're always going to have to do the units. Right. Um, but if you, you know, looked at your decision tree and you said, do the counts involve the same victim? You would say yes. But the next question on the decision tree is, do the counts involve separate instances of fear and harm? And if the answer is yes, you automatically go to units. And that, that's actually one of the many reasons why I love the decision tree, because it highlights this extra step or right. layer, if you will, this extra decision point that I think over the years a lot of people have missed. And that is, do they involve the same harm? And so the grouping rules are designed to group offenses that involve substantially the same harm. Right. And in this situation, they don't. Right. And so we don't want to group them. You want to provide those incremental increases because there's an additional harm right. associated with that second count, even though it involves the same victim. And I think, again, if you didn't read the application notes carefully right. and you just started with, oh, I see that under 3D1.2A and B, each of them talk about, you know, same victim. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, it's easy to sort of get in your mind that you can do that kind of grouping, but the application notes make it clear that we're actually talking about a very different type of case mm -hmm. than this. And each time you've got an offense with separate instances of harm, you always have to assign units to account for that extra conduct. I think the other thing that's great about the decision tree is that it forces you to go through that process every single time instead of just, you know, folks do this for years and years and they're like, they're, they see the same types of cases over and over again right. and they know, oh, this is gonna group because I've grouped it in the past and it sort of just becomes a rote exercise without really thinking about it and the decision tree forces you to think about each decision point. Right. And sometimes you're gonna miss things if you don't do that. So I think it's, it's a great resource. It is and it's on our website and it will be, I think, attached uh, as a link to this podcast. Yes. So if you don't know what we're talking about, just click on the link and, uh, if you want to listen to this with the decision tree again, I think it will make a lot more sense as we go through it. Yeah, I agree. This wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk, today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case.